across the galaxy. This is where conspiracy on the wild side meets the perspective of a lifetime. This is the Free Zone with your host, Freeman. Hello and welcome to the Free Zone. I hope you guys know that I've never been here to save the world. I really don't think that's a possibility. Never have, never thought that we could ever get in control of what's going on in the collapse of humanity and civilization as we know it. It was inevitable. There's no way around it. My goal has always been to remind you of your sovereignty, to remind you of your emotional body that is going to suffer through all of this. Could you walk away from it all? Could you have the emotional solitude and the sovereignty to step away? To put it bluntly, if you were in East Palestine, Ohio, a train derailed with vinyl chloride and poured toxic chemicals all over, and they ignited it into a giant plume of uh, acid rain and noxious clouds and uh, dioxins that were there to mutate your body destroy your ability to have children, cause cancers, and all the things that this horrific event in Ohio is going to cause and has caused, would you leave? Would you? Would you jump in your vehicle and just go? Would you be okay? Would you feel emotionally stable enough to be able to go off into the unknown? And that's what we're here for. That's what I'm here for you, to help you find the sovereignty, to try and understand uh, just the emotional body necessary for these big changes that are coming our way. So I like to really dig into these topics and get deeper with a full experiential understanding of all this. And what I find amazing, guys, is when I talk to people that have really suffered, I mean, people like we're going to talk with today, the joy that you're going to hear in their voices, the joy that I've heard in the voices of all of the satanic ritual abuse uh, victims that I have talked with is astounding. And you should take heart from that. You, they, these people have been through the worst of the worst and they're able to come to you with joy. They're able to come to you with sovereignty and they're able to come to you with hope and help. And one of these people that we're going to be speaking with today is Asia. And Asia is a survivor of satanic ritual cult. She thread this whole thing thread through her life, through her family, through her married family, and into high levels of the Latter-day Saints and the Mormon Church. She was programmed, tortured, experimented on, and ritualized for 36 years. And due to the severity of this trauma, as most of us don't even know, our full memories are repressed leaving nightmares and random physical effects and anxiety and behavior patterns. And it takes some deep, dark, and exploratory work to get into your own dark story and your personal emancipation. So she hosts Letters to the People in the hopes of sharing this information with other survivors and also to bring information to you so that as you start to deal with the PTSD that's coming your way, with the dealing with the anxieties that are already around you, you can find your true sovereignty, your true will, and most especially your true soul. So please welcome to the Free Zone, Asia. Hey. Hey, Freeman. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, this is fantastic. I, I got to thank Steve right out the gate. 
because mm-hmm. uh, Steve does such a great job of bringing me amazing people like you. And guys, you got to love Steve. Send him a message. Steve, at, uh, producer Steve at freemantv.com just to let him know how much you love him for all the kindness and greatness that he does here for us each and every week, all year, for years and years and years and years. He's been behind the scenes. So I wanted to thank him straight up because Asia, I think we're going to have an amazing talk. I agree. I, I'm really excited about where we're going to be going and just some of the things that we can bring forward here today. Yes. Well, let me start with a little predictive programming then. Uh, <laughs> and I know many people haven't gone and watched the movie White Noise, uh, which, you know, was a movie about a train derailment in Palestine, Ohio, uh, that came out in September of last year. And uh, the effects and everything that occurred. I mean, I thought this movie, White Noise, was about a train wreck and what the people around the train wreck had to suffer through. And no, no, no. (laughs) This movie is a glorification of death and a a revelation of Hitler and Elvis. (laughs) The train wreck is barely even a a portion, you know, it's it's a blip on the screen. I mean, it, it affects the characters, but not in any major way. Uh, It just kind of drives the story a little bit, whereas these people are sitting there going, well, should we leave? Uh, I don't know. The government hasn't told us to leave. And the white noise, as the title of the movie, is throughout the whole movie. The cacophony of all the voices and the activities and everything that's going on in the house with the children and TV and all the things that we're dealing with. It's constant in that movie. It's just like you got to really focus to hear the dialogue uh, the white noise is put through all of this, but you know the the fascinating part. Uh, let's see, there's there's many things that I, I I could get into this, and we'll get into some of it as we go. But um, the the one statement Asia that they said to in the movie that I thought would relate to this right now was that the family is the cradle of the world of misinformation. The family. Yeah, that is, I know. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) Yeah, the family is is the cradle of misinformation. And they they express this so well because we know exactly this is what's happening in families at home where the parents are just kind of stupefied and they don't know what the, you know, they're just listening to the news and whatever. And the kids are digging in with the information and coming back. I mean, like we see with the leftists telling everybody what to do and how to do it and uh, it it just seemed that with with your background, with your understanding, uh, you know, uh, that statement that the family is the world, the the cradle of the misinformation. This it should strike home a bit for you, I would think. It does. It it really does. Um, the the thing that was coming through when you when you just now just now said that that statement reminded me of something that um, I've personally had to choose that. Boy, I haven't known, I don't know if I could find a handful of people that could um, have a very, like a very real conversation with me about this. I would, I I haven't found it yet. And, and that is removing the labels from the members of your family and really looking at those, those members of your family as individuals and as people as who they are. And what would you do here? It's funny. We're talking about this, this toxicity, like the toxicity that certain individuals in your family 
it's just kind of allowed to be there. And it's just kind of like what you were saying, a, a blip on the screen keeps you in the, in that, in that realm or in that, in that, uh, in that space so that you really don't move yourself beyond that willingly. You still come into the system, you come into the family and you, and you, and you try and work it and fight it and, and push against it and it becomes its own white noise. Like you're what, what you're talking about. And what I did when I realized through, through my, my healing process was that my perpetrators, my perpetrators were my parents, especially my dad. And that led a little further up the line to his parents, which led a little further up to line to, you know, my um, being sold into a particular group in the Mormon church, which went up the line a little further, like, and, and I'm simplifying it here for a minute. But the way my experience went is I uh, started therapy. I thought I was depressed. And that's kind of what drove me into looking for um, a, a therapist because it was so weird. Like I was living dissociatively and I, and I didn't know it until I was like in this depressed state. And I was like, gosh, you know, I'm just so apathetic. I don't know myself to be like this. I'm usually a very gregarious outgoing person. I'm shutting down. I don't even care about, you know, I had a list of things that I didn't care about that was just alarming to me. And part of it was my children. Um, but I was so trained and so in the method of being a mother and a church member and a wife. And, you know, the list went on and on that I was not one of the, these people that were like, I'm depressed. I'm going to stay in bed. I can't get myself out. I was still functioning, but it was just kind of like <laughs> within my own white noise of my mind. It was so, it was so muted. It was so odd. And, and the apathy was so pronounced that I knew something was really, really bad. And there were other things that, you know, like I, I remember the trigger. I remember the things that kind of like really lit it up. Um, but I still didn't know that I, I was coming from satanic ritual abuse because all of my memories were repressed and anything that may have tied anything into the ritual abuse, um, with the church, with the family or anything like that, I would have just categorized as a really bad dream or nightmare or anything like that. And so I was a highly functioning individual that, that had all of these different personalities that I wasn't aware of because they were so fluid. And it was, it was the education that I gave myself by, by getting into learning about me, becoming my own inner archeologist is what I call it, really digging in was it was fascinating, but uh, four months no, so about six months into, yeah, six months into my therapy process, I re I realized how dangerous it was for me to be associating with my family, especially with my um, handlers, which you know in this case was my dad, and then I was also realizing as I was kind of fleshing out all of these all of this information and these memories that were coming forward that there were. I, I didn't know what about me, what they knew. I knew that they knew more about me and how to access me and how to uh, bring up. I didn't know them as alters yet. I hadn't got that, that uh, language yet, but just to access parts of me or access me in a way that um, I felt was dangerous. I, I was just, you know, it was just kind of really, um, it was disturbing 
in in so many different ways. And so I came to the conclusion that I needed to break away from my family. And I took that into my therapist who in and I, I've got to say, you know, when it when it comes to religion and um demons and angels and God and Satan, you know, or Lucifer, whatever, like all of that is very real to me. And and I witnessed a lot of this. So, so I'm going to be speaking from a place that is very religiously and spiritually based because these things are like in my, in my experience. And so by the grace of God is the way, the only way I can put it, you know, um, my higher self guidance, what, you know, like both of that, like I was led to, um, a therapist that actually specialized in, um, satanic ritual abuse. And he was, it was an underground kind of thing. Like he, he used to be really prominent. And then as he was helping his patients, uh, come forward and actually start remembering things that got the attention of church members or the church officials, and he received death threats. And this was kind of back in the, in the day, like the early nineties where, um, that satanic panic, they like to call it, you know, started to get a lot of attention and, um, false memory syndrome was coming, really stronger. It was this whole thing that I knew nothing about. Like this was so off my, my radar and, you know, the internet and the computer systems and gosh, you know, I, I remember, you know, like cell phones, like all of that was just not utilized the way it is now. And so I really had no reference points to anything. And so I feel like I was really spiritually led into this, into um, just talking to this therapist. And I'm saying, you know, I'm depressed and I fill out his form. And, and you know, after looking at the form, he looks at me, he goes, yeah, we can work together. And I'm still thinking, cool, you know, I'm going to figure out this depression. And I said, hey, how long do you think it's going to take? And he goes, well, let's give it a couple of months and we'll go from there. And what my mind heard was, let's give it a couple of months and you'll be cured. Like, that's what I wanted. That was the overlay and I was willing to step into that um, on my own without telling anybody because, you know, the way I was raised was a therapist was, you know, like, that's the last place you go. Like, it was just almost demonized, at least in my family. And I can tell you why, because there was some conditioning around that that I hadn't discovered yet. But um, I, I ended up going into my therapist when I realized really how dangerous this was because I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what my triggers were. I didn't know any of this stuff that um, in order for me to be kind of the purest that I needed to be um, at at my own healing, I needed to really cut off all these influences and they were dangerous anyway. You know, the memories I was getting were just like, you know, they were, they were gross. They were, you know, very, they were people in robes and things were being, you know, sacrificed and I was being blessed and there was blood and there was chanting. And then there are these really weird family reunions where, you know, we were killing cats and, you know, just some really strange things that I, as I'm putting this together, it's, it's really painting a very accurate picture of something that I had no reference point for and I had repressed. And so when I got to the point where I knew I needed to cut off relationship with my family, my therapist helped me write out what I would say and what I needed to do in this case was just kind of in the time, you know, I, I wrote it on a three by five card because, and then I kept it in my purse or I kept it close to me because I knew that there would be some sabotaging mechanisms that could come in. And um, as soon as I like let my parents know. So I, I remember the day that I called them and I like really stuck to my own, um, script that 
that kept, you know, it was, it was able to be very empowering, but it kept me in a very specific um, space where I wasn't giving out too much information. I wasn't able to be triggered. I was able to focus. And um, my therapist, I remember reading over this um, not long ago, just seeing how he was kind of coaching me to eliminate certain words or add certain words. Like, you know, I says, I'm sorry, you know, like in my, in my um, pre-script, I'm like, I'm sorry, this is how it, how this has to be. And he says, let's change that around. And you don't, you're not going to apologize. And you can say, this is how it is right now. And, and even the right now was like, that kind of helped my system soothe. And it also gave them the indicator that, okay, she's not totally cutting us off yet, but we're going to, you know, increase they they were going to really increase their um surveillance which is kind of what they did but the point is where i'm going for is i got to a point where i looked at my family i recognized what this was even though i hadn't got all the information yet i re recognized that i needed to step away from and cut myself off from my family which meant my father my mother my grandparents my aunts and uncles and my cousins and my brothers and my sister. And I dropped off kind of, I just dropped off the planet. And um, I, that really like contributed to the purity and the sovereignty of what I was remembering. And it also empowered me to then look at the people that you make assumptions for like, well, it's my dad. Well, it's my grandma. We can't break that up. We can't let that go. And, and stand really with kind of more of a, a very, honest eye i won't even say critical although it did get you know like a very critical eye and and then really kind of frame it differently like if this person wasn't in that label if this person wasn't your mother or wasn't your sister or you know your brother or or whatever would you continue to let this particular kind of behavior go would you contort yourself and you know, bend and, and, you know, like move yourself around to please that person. Like it, it gave me a different framework to, um, of, of empowerment, not just out of the motive of safety, but eventually it, it grew into some very real sovereignty so that when I got to a place years and years and years later that, um, I had a sister that reached out, I was in a place that was strong enough that I could actually say yes or no, and put boundaries around that within my own internal system to say, you know, th this is what I'll allow and this is what I won't because the family I came from is still involved or still, the, you know, victims are still not remembering. And I know that they've got reporter parts. And I know that, you know, as I engage in them, I have a broader view or a more intelligent overview of of ways they may or may not be functioning and um, how I want to choose to be involved in that. So I see that from that quote that you, you brought in. I mean, I'm just like, boy, that that's the truth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. This movie definitely hit on a lot of those things, even though it came from a weird woke perspective, it still <laughs> uh, definitely hit upon all of that. Yeah. Having this type of trauma and the PTSD, um, it's it's difficult to have control of your own emotions and then when you're you're confronted by someone you shut down you know it takes uh, years right to to finally get to a point where you can actually just feel like you can even stand up and hear what they're saying much less react to it well and and what what we're conditioned to do um 
is to react. It's not to respond. The reaction is I, I, I consider a reaction like a knee jerk thing, like really very, not very much of the, uh, of the you of the intelligence or the sovereign you um, gets to have the front seat unless you're used to, you know, like holding and considering what's in front of you. Do I want to engage? Do I not want to engage? Am I shutting down? Am I not shutting down? You know, that kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Uh, I find it amazing as I speak to people that have suffered through satanic ritual abuse in other states in this, um, that it can all be just uh, clouded and, and covered up by the brain and that so many of these victims really have no idea that this happened. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's the crazy part to most people, right? Like, how could you not know? How could you not know? Exactly. There, And the thing that really reinforces this um, is, is just, oh gosh, so many things reinforce this. Like, there's not just one thing. Um, I'm trying to think where I want to, where, where, what I want to dive into, because each of them are like their own, like very real, um, very real information like we're we're these biological beings like we have a human body right and they they perform and they act in very specific ways if you're traumatized these particular hormones are going to get set off because this is the way you know the body people talk about you know the flight fight flight or freeze or even fawn and um it's not like that's a mystery. Like we know about that. And we talk, you know, the, the way the brain works and, and what part of your brain is engaging so that you can have the most optimal survival experience. Right. And so we've been studied as human beings for so long that it's very easy to dissociate and traumatize a person and society like you know here we, we've got this movie Happy. you're going to right yeah. and and the terror that is kind of at a low level everyone i i, I don't <laughs> the reality is is i think we're living it at a low level anxiety as our baseline anyway oh yeah and then every once in a while it spikes and right. and the terroristic part of that is you know, eventually through all of the studying and all, you know, like, and, and I'm, and I'm talking very real studies, you know, like even with, you know, the Nazis studying the Jews and bringing over, you know, project paperclip and how that, you know, moved into Mormonism and how, you know, like where MK ultra came from and all of these other studies and, and introductions of drugs and, and terror and how, how the mind can be split. Isn't something, you know, that has been common knowledge for you know numerous reasons um now that it comes out more and more the idea is even dissociating for people to think that they could even be that there could be people like me out there that they you know can't remember and yet the, a common thing that you hear or i hear from people is like oh yeah i mean i i don't remember you know my childhood up until i was 10 you know and somehow that's been normalized right and mm-hmm. so we don't even know if that's if that's like true or not because like what's to remember but there is very real, you know, like we can't hide ourselves. We, we're humans. We're, we're, like I said, biological beings. And if you want to traumatize an entire society or a person specifically to split them off and, and, and drop in some programming, they know how. It, it, it's, it happens. It's done. It's there. Absolutely. I, I, it's, it's, it's an astounding thing that, you know, we have all kinds of history for 
and uh, you know it, it is becoming popular culture now there's movies mk ultra there's you know the mm-hmm. you know the upside down and all of the the stories that are coming out mm-hmm. um, yeah. so and, and predictive programming like what you just referred to that's even disorienting like here's here's part of you know and i know people that probably uh, all of your listeners are are really looking at this like okay here's predictive programming and at one point nobody really understood what that meant but it's like look we're going to show you what we're going to do to you and that's even di- like that that turns your stomach it's like you can't do that but they do they did they have they are you know like again here's a movie we're going to we're going to invest money into creating an entire movie about what just happened a few weeks ago or the other way around. Yeah. Or the other way around. Sorry. Yeah. Or the other way around. Sorry. <laughs> well, what was really fascinating is in the movie, in White Noise, uh, they are, there's a simulation going on of the event. And so the evacuees are led to Simuvac, uh, where they're simulating the event of a, of a, you know, a toxic mm-hmm. cloud. And, mm-hmm. and then it becomes a reality in the movie. So in the movie, they even make that into part of the movie where there is a simulation going on and uh so the guy's over there asking the guy well is this real or a simulation he's like well it's real now (laughs) right uh, right but what is real i mean this your your comment there just even oh my gosh reminds me of the movie inception and i know people really you know like kind of get into that but i you know i've had my own experience with really you know framing it in my own way with that particular reference is like the inception upon an inception upon an inception, like as entertaining as that movie is, like there is a very real reality about that, especially when it comes to, you know, multiple personalities and splitting people off and programming, you know, this part, but that part's not necessarily aware of that part, but this part's going to control those two parts. And, you know, like you have inner, um, inner gates, inner workings, inner personalities and parts that are, that are reporters and parts that are um, there to really record what's going on. And depending on who your handler is and how they want to pull this information out or what they want to put back in, like it sounds, it sounds like so, so, so messy. And it is, (laughs) it's, it's really messy, but you, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying here is I'm on the other side of this in such a powerful way that um, I feel like I even have, like, I, I I have tools, quote unquote, in my tool belt, that if I find that I've gotten triggered by something, then I can, I know that I have this, this uh, awareness that when I catch myself doing that, or, you know, if that ever does come forward, then it's like, you know, oh, I, I need to, I need to have some inner dialogue, I need to actually turn myself towards myself and go in and, and talk to and see if there are actual parts active inside of me. Or if I'm, you know, what am I picking up on? Like, I still get to work with that landscape, but I understand the landscape so much better now that I've got, you know, like integration is a real thing. Integration has happened with me. And um, I I would say that a lot of people that I've listened to recently, even that, you know, they're coming out as like, well, I'm going to talk about you know, as this, as a psychologist or as a therapist, I'm going to talk about SRA. And there's one particular one, I was attending a conference and both the victim that was speaking and her therapist were talking about parts and um, how integration was just a really bad idea at one point, you know, trying to squish all these personalities together. And my opinion immediately was like, well, 
I feel like this guy's got an ulterior motive or he's just not educated enough. And, and the, his client slash patient, you know, as the victim was up there going, yeah, I really, I really don't want, I don't, that kind of makes me uncomfortable. Like I'm going to be cutting off parts of myself. And so then they, you create a re- a relationship with these parts that actually have relationship or open portals for, you know, entities or demons, or just even um, suggestibility that, that are running your, your life and you're not sovereign, you know? And so really working to get yourself to a place where integration of yourself to yourself is actually the, the, where you're, you're operating from is not only possible, but to me, it's, it's the goal. It's the treasure. You become the treasure or the Holy grail of, of, of your life because you move yourself into that space of it's not just it's i don't want people to consider this like a self-worship it's like self-knowing you move yourself into a self-knowing and then you are actually really in a space of i am going to respond to what my surroundings are instead of reacting that is a difficult place for so many. I watch so much reaction going on, so little inner dialogue. I often wonder if uh, I, you know, I wonder if inner dialogue is literally rare. I think it is. I think I mean a lot of the people that I, you know, to introduce one of the things that I I help people with is. Um, Oh, parts work. I call it inner child work because of the way I like to frame it. But, you know, they don't even know how to have dialogue with with themselves in those in that way. Like there's a separation. We're running around as as people that have been separated by, you know, separate. We we don't have a full integration. And it, and I think you don't have to have SRA or have been a victim of MK Ultra or anything like that to have those methods be used upon you like society right now is actually really good at at grooming society and each other into particular behavioral patterns and so like if you i if you want to look at you know the way social policing and social shaming of each other is just kind of second nature it's it's really appalling to me you know that the idea of, you know, like even gaslighting each other just kind of as a, as a side jab or as, as a side note on anything, you kind of sit there and you wonder, it's like, well, was that me or was that them? Or, you know, and you, and I think we operate more in a state of um, self distrust and personal confusion um, and look outside of ourselves for the answers thinking and i and i was really 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 good at this like i i always defaulted to whoever i thought was the authority whether it was the teacher or the police officer or my dad or the church leader or whatever that, that's what i'm saying about these people that didn't leave east palestine you know yeah, <laughs> yeah they submit yeah. to the authority okay go on yeah no no that that's it it's like who's the authority and so then if <laughs> it, just because that is so unconscious you're looking around for who is the authority it, it's it's almost like you know you don't even somehow we have been trained to not even put ourselves in that equation well you know i don't have that title or i don't have right. that years, or i don't have whatever and the crazy thing is here is uh part of the conditioning is how we have been conditioned to not put ourselves there you know and look for the qualifications of others but we do that it's it's been brilliantly designed in that we don't I mean, we do, we fill in, they leave, they leave a blank, right? Like they'll, they'll, let's see, let me give an example of what I'm trying to say, because we're so good at filling in the blanks 
and qualifying ourselves as sub you know, um, not the authority, they don't even need to tell us how we're not the authority. We tell ourselves that. So in, in the, one of the things as I was healing that I tracked in the LDS church was they, they would do, um, every year they have what they call their semi-annual general conference. So the first weekend in April and the first weekend in October. And if anybody's like familiar with dates in the occult, you know, these are, these are very specifically chosen um, months and, you know, days and weekends and that kind of thing. Um, but anyway, that aside, so they will have this general conference, which means the leaders of the church are going to be broadcasting their messages for, um, it's it, two and a half days, basically Saturday and Sunday. And then they'll have like uh, precursor meetings like the night before it used to be that it was a priesthood meeting. I think they're combining it now with men and women. It used to just be for the men. So, a lot of what I'm going to refer to is um, my experience, you know, not only growing up, but being a an adult until I got my memories and stepped away from the church, um, but being an adult that, you know, in the church. And so they would have these um, these conference meetings and they're either broadcasting it over uh, the radio or television. And, you know, now it's even worldwide. And the members were instructed to listen to the leaders, right? So he, these are the voice, this, these guys are the voices of God. And one of the tactics that, and what I'm referring to here is, is the setup. And so the setup goes like this. I'm going to tell you a story and it's going to be one of these really good feel good experiences, right? Here's um, kind of a hero's journey kind of setup, and I, people don't necessarily recognize it as that. But we all really do relate to the hero's journey because we have our issues and, you know, courageous things that we're choosing into and, you know, hope that God would love us and, you know, or whatever. So we have this hero's journey that's set up by the speaker and there's going to be something that kind of, you know, comes in here that that relates to the church specifically. You know, they paid their tithing and they got these blessings or they listened to their leader and they got these blessings or, you know, they're, they're, they're sculpting it and creating it in a way that really reinforces the authority of the church and that God is speaking through these guys to be, you know, your authority. So then the way, the next thing that happens is there's a sentence that sounds something very much like, you can have these blessings too if... And I've, I noticed more and more and more how clever and terrible that word if is in this kind of context. So you are listening to your hero's journey, feel good story. You know that that's not your current experience, but you really want it. So now you're opening yourself up emotionally for this and they're going to give you like the key there. And then and Mormons, especially, and I, 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 we're really conditioned to, um, to the list, you know, like do this, do this, do this, do this, and you'll get these blessings. And so that's kind of the way they set this up. Right. So you have this thing where they say you too can have these blessings if, and they use the word if, and then they, they give some kind of like, you now you're, you know, you're wide open and they're going to give us the answer. I'm going to get the way to get to heaven here and get that blessing because I want what they just talked about. And inevitably there's, you know, they say, if you, and it's just very, very kind of nebulous and, and, uh, nonspecific, you know, and I'm used to hearing if you, you know, read your scriptures and, and pay your tithing and pray to God, you know, that kind of thing. 
And that's super dissatisfactory because you're like, well, yeah, I know, but like, how, how did I, how do I get what they have? So now you're, you're kind of coming back into yourself of figuring out because the list they just gave you, like I said, is it's not really hitting the mark for where you were emotionally and what they just described. So then you start filling in the blanks of why you don't have those blessings. Like, oh yeah, I, I, I read the scriptures and I, and I do say family prayer and I do, you know, I'm, I'm doing this list they just gave me, but I still don't have these blessings. And really like the only, <laughs> the only weak link here is me. So why am I not getting these blessings? And you immediately fill in the blank as to why, because you know why they don't know why nobody knows your own weaknesses really, unless they, once they find them out, they can really kind of push on them. But this is how, you know, it's designed in a way to really kind of mess with you where you're just like, well, clearly, I mean, I'm, I yelled at my, my daughter the other day, and maybe that's why God's mad at me, or I, I did this, or I haven't really paid a hundred percent of my tithing or, you know, I kind of cheated, you know, my fellow man the other day or whatever it is like you, you start to qualify yourself as to why, why you don't get those blessings. And so we can see this in society too. Like we get the big, if, you know, you can get this, if, or you can save yourself from this, if, you know, and, and we get hyper-focused on the performance of how to get what we want instead of actually. And so it's always outside of ourselves, right. And instead of like really, really kind of moving inward, knowing who you are, really kind of clearing out the white noise that's inside of you and, and moving in that direction. But we're so good at knowing our weak points that we just let those lead. Right. And so then we also have this lack of discernment because we've already put our, our trust in the authority, which they've trained us to do anyway, because this overarching, we know better than you, what's good for you attitude is reinforced in the family. Mom knows best, dad knows best. You know, you want to question your parents as to why you can't do something. And inevitably, everybody has always heard, well, because I said so. Like, they don't know why. They can't really justify themselves necessarily. And so they default to, because I said so. And so we get that from the government. We get that from the church. And we get that from these authorities. It's like, well, you just don't know what we know. And, and you're really not all of that, you know, like, astute for us to even give you that information. So just trust us, you know, and, and you get this continual cycle where you can't find your own voice and that we move from fear and, and distrust of ourselves more than anything. And then it's also modeled to us, um, the guilting and the blaming and the outsourcing. I remember, um, at the onset of, Oh, COVID getting really, really kind of gaining like the engine, the tracks are, you know, it's starting to move down the tracks even more. And um, people were, you know, like told not to go outside and, you know, just kind of the whole, oh, I don't know, just, it was gaining strength. And I remember being in a place and there was a TV playing and I will always remember it was like the the media, the the reporter, the interviewer was asking some quote unquote official. I, I don't even remember. I just remember walking by and hearing this. And she says, well, who's to blame for this? And I just, I stopped in my tracks and I went, this is the problem right here. Like, instead of really even focusing people on anything, and this is new enough, you know, so not, we don't know what we know now, right? But this is new enough that I'm like, oh my gosh, I mean, they're already getting people to look 
to blaming something or someone for their pain. Because So then as they started introducing even more things like, you know, um, you've got to wear a mask, you have, you know, take the jab, you got to do this, this, and this. It's already been pre-established, even in, especially in this Mormon religion that I grew up in, the porous boundaries and the lack of boundaries and the lack of self-trust and the social shaming all starts to really um, culminate into a place where we can police each other. And, and it turns into my health is your responsibility and my safety is your responsibility and my, my salvation to God is your responsibility. And so we just start offloading as a habit. And it's just, it's brought into the family. It's just, it's taught. It, it's what we grow up with. Without a doubt. And I've never seen anything uh, destroy trust more than religion. Oh gosh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. and nothing creates a Satanist like a kid who figures out that his pastor is human. Oh my God. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you can deify a human and a human doesn't measure up to that, like when you, when you start having the expectations that, um, you know, you're expecting something godly and, and the human can never match that. Like what is God anyway? Right. The disillusionment is huge, but oh yeah, I get, uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yep. But yeah, as we start to point all these things out, the truth is that America is going to be called to blame. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be simple for the rest of the world to hate us because we've been set up as this satanic pedophile cult that uh, is ruling the world and is the most sinister thing on the planet. And for some reason, Americans don't seem to see that we are being set up in such a way, even if Putin's out there saying it word for word. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's that's the blame game, right? You know, mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. soon as they can just turn it all around, turn it on and have you be your own villain have you be your own police and have you exactly what you're saying as they have triggered everybody into these states of disassociation and the inability to have their own sovereignty and to say hey i i'm gonna do this all right and that's always been the biggest message on this show is just get out and do what you do and mm -hmm. you know leaving you with a question uh, as we're getting ready to move over into the member section uh where guys we're going to get much deeper all right just so you know i have a lot of questions about the morbid church about what they get out of this whole situation how this works out so a lot of great stuff coming up in the member sections for you guys i hope you'll come over subscribe to freemantv.com and help keep this show on the air get all the bonus content i guys i'm working on so much stuff behind the scenes trying to co bring everything back together you see i've been disjointed myself they've thrown away my youtube channel so now half my website doesn't have videos where they belong they've tossed my oracle shows you know i'm just scattered to the winds right now uh, i have the main platform still freemantv.com still standing strong got all the shows there for you uh, but a lot has been has, has been cast aside and i'm trying to pull all that back together for you guys so right now I have the videos going up on rockfin.com slash Freeman TV. I have a video flash drive on the uh, sales page on the shop page of Freeman TV. If you just want to buy a flash drive to get all the videos or all the best videos, because I couldn't give you all the videos, that'd be a lot. But I'm working on that. And hopefully everything will be back to freemantv.com in the near future. But, you know, you get scattered like this and it's it takes time to pull everything back together. I mean, that's 18 years of work that I have to re organize rescript and bring back to you so 
just letting you know all that good stuff. Uh, also, if you want to not use PayPal, as so many people, you know, uh, Asia, one little rumor about PayPal charging uh, $2,400 for wrong speak and everybody just quit PayPal. I'm like, why don't you do this to everything? <laughs> like, you right. know, right. I mean, come on. Um, but so, guys, if you want to use a credit card and not use PayPal and go through Stripe, currently you have to email me, right? Just write me, freeman at freemantv.com, and I'll send you the link for the Stripe payment because I've got a bot, an AI that is uh, using my my sales page to test credit cards for whether or not they can steal them. And nobody's happy about this, especially me. So I have to individually send you the until I get it set up. I'm gonna get it fixed. I have I've got so many things going on to fix the member section. Figure out how you know it's so much easier for you guys. So believe me, guys, I am on this. Um, but so if you want to pay with Stripe with a credit card to get your membership, just email me freeman at freemantv.com and I will send you the links. Uh, another thing I want to say is follow me on Twitter, guys. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I I don't know where to go to let you guys know what I'm doing, but Twitter is my main source. So twitter.com slash Freeman TV is my main place to come and tell you where I'm at, what I'm doing and what thoughts I'm having. So uh, please come on over because I have 13 people that heart my my things and four people that retweet. You know, I feel <laughs> I'm, I'm a little disgruntled and it's been like that for decades. Right? I, I can't get any love on Twitter. Uh, and they're not going to show you my Twitter feed. So you're going to have to literally go to my Twitter profile to find the information, maybe even click that notification button uh, because I don't tweet that much. Right. I just give you what I think is pertinent and important. I bring you shows that relate to what's going on currently. I mean, like I had to go back seven months uh, to find where I was discussing the things that are happening today. Um, and I present all this for you there. So please follow me at freemantv.com. If you want to get the news and stories and things that I think are important, uh, that's where I go because I don't know where else to put them. And so hopefully I'll see more than 13 of you over there doing that. It would be amazing just to suddenly have like <laughs> real attention there. Uh, and like I say, I don't tweet a whole lot, but uh, I do think what I tweet is important. Uh, so just a few of those things that I wanted to make sure to get into this list of things for you guys. And um, the AquaCure, guys, uh, a lot of people have been picking up on this AquaCure, Brown's gas generator that that brings you healthy hydrogen to your system so that you can rebuild all those systems in your body and also use it for your plant life and everything. I've been using mine now and I feel great. It's amazing. Uh, my smell is so much better. I mean, things are changing in my body and I don't even know what's going on. So the link there is right there in the show notes for you for the AquaCure. And I'll tell you the sales of the AquaCures, I didn't expect you guys to be jumping on this like this, but they paid for my whole dental uh, situation. So I got to thank you guys for picking those up and, and got to thank George Wiseman for, uh, you know, kicking me a little back for that. Cause you guys are really helping me out by buying these things and you're helping yourself. So it's great. <laughs> so thank you all so much for the AquaCure sales. And I hope they will continue. I realize that this is a $2,500 device, but you do get $500 off using promo code Freeman. And that is eagle-research.life. I, I push this a lot because I've been behind this Brown's gas uh, idea for so long. And to finally have someone that I know and that that, that does this, I, I just, you know, I want to get it into your minds and everybody understanding. So there we have it. 
So that's all the bits and pieces of freemantv.com. And I think that's, uh, yeah, uh, because everything else is going to go deep into the members section. We have a lot of really, really, really intriguing stuff to get into. The dark stuff, guys, the things that nobody really wants to talk about. But I also really want to understand the point behind all of this. So we're going to get deep into that in the other side. So before we uh, do that, let's make sure, Asia, that everybody knows about Letters to the People. Mm. I love that title. And you are doing a podcast and writing articles and at letterstothepeople.com for other victims. And then for those of us that don't know we're victims, those of us that maybe didn't go through satanic ritual abuse, but still are suffering the the PTSD and not being able to find our own true sovereignty. This is what you do so well at Letters to the People. So please tell everybody uh, anything that you need. Well, thanks. Uh, Letters to the People is that's my podcast. And that kind of that came around because I knew what when I was in therapy that um, I, I I saw the value of what I was doing and and kind of the uniqueness of the way I was moving myself through my own healing. Um, and so I just felt like one of the biggest things that really helped me was the validation and I couldn't get validation from other victims, but I was getting validation from just even the comment that my, my own therapist was saying, he goes, yeah, there's others like that. There's others that remember that. And I was like, there's more (laughs) really. And so, um, last, let's see, what was it? 2021, I believe, um, April in 2021, I decided I'm just gonna, I'm going to create something. I've got to, I'm going to put myself out there. And, um, so I started a website, uh, started a podcast, and it is letters to the people.com and you just spell the whole thing out. And um, I also at, have a little bit of a blog on there. I, I took last year off because I actually moved out of Salt Lake City proper. I was I was living like with a, within a stone's throw, about a half a mile away from both the state capitol and the church office building. So I was like right in the nest of all of my trauma, like the really heavy duty traumatic experiences, um, with the, the sacrifices and the ritual abuse and everything. And it's not that the trauma drove me out. It's that I knew that, um, it was time for me to move. So I, 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 the reason I'm bringing that in there is just because my, the, the, I, I will be putting more content on my podcast, um, probably March or April. I'm, I'm actually interviewing more people and my own story is going to get a lot more in depth um, on my podcast as well. But in addition to that, um, I also do, it's getting, I'm being asked to do more private and group mentorship. I help people with memory recovery and same method that worked for me in the deprogramming and unraveling of all of these things. Um, you can, I, I do have some free content. I put it out there on YouTube. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. My name is Asia Rain, and there's an E on the end of Rain. So it's Asia, R-A-I-N-E, Asia Rain. And then there's letters to the people.com. And then I am creating my own landing page and website that's asiarain.com. And if you went there right now, you would actually find that I'm a jewelry artist and I do make and sell jewelry. And I also teach jewelry making classes. And that has a lot to do with the whole um, necessity of creativity um, being so important through the whole healing process as well. So those are the main ways you can find me at this moment. And I, I really am glad that you brought up 
all of the things that you're going through, Friedman, to, to try and get information out there. And I think one of the things I want to remind people is one of the ways that we've really been conditioned is through convenience. And so really having patience with me and me building out my my uh, website page and you trying to gather all of your information and do a rebuild, that's going to be really important. That's also fighting the system. It's like, just be patient. Like we're here, you know, stay with us. We're, we're, we're also people too. And we're, we operate, you know, on, on, certain time frames and I don't have anybody but me at the moment that's really helping me do anything. And, you know, so if you find yourself really getting frustrated because of the lack of, lack of convenience, again, that's kind of like, take a pause, take a breath and just know that we're, you and I are both very um, passionate about what we're doing and, and, and the content's coming, it's going to be there just, you know, not super convenient at the moment. We're still working on it. So yeah, anyway, absolutely. <laughs> that's like, that's how they could find me. So thank you. Thank you. Yes. And hopefully uh people will start to learn the different symptoms that are, you know, just as you thought you were simply depressed and then find that there's all this other going on. Uh hopefully people will discover their symptoms by listening to a lot of these reports that you put out, start to discover where their their reactions are coming from and how this all plays out because that's how we're gonna benefit humanity and mm -hmm. uh hopefully everybody also start becoming more and more artists <laughs> that'd be great <laughs> yes yes making little things like that getting into that little world i mean that's the that's the innocence that has been destroyed in us and that is the the like the, the, the convenience that has been placed upon us uh mm -hmm is the, that loss of our inner child the loss of the ability to go into our own little mind state and create uh it's it's a lost lost art it is it really is a lost art because we have there is there is so much about even not knowing how to access that and there's plenty of programming to even drive us away from seeing value there so yeah it's a an act of rebellion to <laughs> like find your inner child you know <laughs> yes it is yeah, and that was one of the final statements that they made in the movie White Noise, and I'll end the show with this, is um, uh, violence is innocence. <laughs> That's what they wanted to teach you in White Noise. Um, yeah, <laughs> which, you know, it, it brought up interesting thoughts. It did. It's like, well, you know, I do, you know, through tant temper tantrums on the floor. I remember doing that. My parents fed me a lot of sugar as a kid. Oh, uh, yeah, there were little violent incidences there that were pretty incident, but they were caused by something. It was all that sugar they were putting in my Kool Aid, you know. Uh, yeah. I think oh, God, God, my parents weren't into pharmaceuticals. Oh my God. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> actually I have I had medical testing with the pharmaceuticals, so I mean that there's a, you you just opened up the door for our next uh, next segment. All right, <laughs> that's the comment. <laughs> All right. So we're taking this on over into the member section, guys. And thank you all so much for tuning in. And please let everybody know that the free zone does exist. It's still here. And uh, we are still going, trying to save your souls, uh, trying to save your bodies, trying to save your mentality and your sovereignty, because there's no saving the world, folks. So you better get ready for collapse. And there's no better way than to, to you know, discuss it with people that have been through some severe for real trauma to really help us get through this. And again, just listen to the joy in the voice and realize that, you know, it could be so much worse, guys. So take that to heart, take that to joy and hold on to that joy. So thank you all. 
and we will see you next week. Oh, 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 oh